listening to our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. Well, good morning. My name is Joe Bevilacqua. I'm honored that you're here today. I want to welcome those that are here for the very first time or those that are here for the very first time, maybe in a long time. Can we welcome them to church? Good morning, guys. Hey, you know, making first contact, if you're new here at New Chapel, it can be a little bit daunting and a little bit overwhelming, especially in the world that we live in where it's, it's hard to talk to anybody these days. But we wanted to make it easy on you, and so what we've provided for you is a connection card. You might have noticed those on the walls or over at guest services. If you could just let us know about your visit here today, uh, we'd like to just send you a note in the mail talking about New Chapel, who we are, and how we can serve you and your whole family. Uh, if you do drop it off at guest services or let them know that you filled it out online, they have a free gift for you and everybody in your crew. Church, let's give it up for those people here for the very first time. Welcome home. And... I'm going to be jumping straight into my message today. I'm excited about it. For those of you that are here for the very first time, I'm not embarrassed that you're here in a service that we're going to be talking about family business. I'm actually encouraged. Let me tell you why. I think that you're going to hear about a church that loves people. And we're not just about us four and no more. We want to see people who are far from God raised to new life in Christ. And we've all been there. And so as we talk about vision today and as we move forward with our, our kingdom legacy offering, I think that you'll be encouraged by everything that you hear. You know, over the past five weeks uh, before this Sunday, we've been talking about heaven. And it's been amazing. I was talking to somebody in between services, and it's just, it's mind-blowing, all the things about eternity. It really encourages you. It actually makes people a lot more missional when you start talking about eternity. That's so encouraging for a pastor. Well, in the midst of all of that, uh, I had an aunt who passed away, and I loved her dearly. She was a sweetheart, tough as nails, but she was, she was sweet and salty, we'll say. And uh, she passed away after spending the better part of a decade taking care of her husband after a series of strokes. And he passed away last year, and we thought we'd be seeing more of her at family gatherings, and at the end of the day, it just wasn't going to be so. She passed away at her sleep, family found her, and on her birthday, she passed away. You know, just kind of sad. And a couple months ago, in September, we got word that Kaya's aunt had passed away. And so I'm saying that not to, not to be a bummer, um, to say that I'm, I'm, we're people, right? Like with you, we go through those things. And I have a weird position in life where I get asked to like lead these funeral services often. And, um, and I've noticed that everybody wants to say something, you know? I mean, the, people might be timid, but Somebody's going to stand up and share if there's given the opportunity. People are going to talk about you at your funeral. And so far as that goes, it made me think about just the eternal like, reward that we have in heaven. That's phenomenal, but sometimes it's hard to grasp. Maybe more think about like in the here and now, the people that, that we make an impact on. And I thought about how someday Jesus doesn't come back in my lifetime, I'm going to die. And People are going to talk about me at my funeral service someday. And I was just like, God, what are they going to say? Tell me and tell me who not to have come. You know, like, <laughs> anybody else got a short list of people they'd rather not see there, you know? And I guess what I'm trying to say is while they're saying things, what they say 
might not be the summary of your whole life, but it does count for something. I want to read for you a passage out of Psalm 112. The Bible says this, Those who are righteous will be remembered forever. Now, this passage is an Old Testament passage. And so it's not talking about the born-again believer who's righteous. It's talking about a godly person, sure, uh, but somebody who's trying to do righteous things. And it's saying that the way that they're conducting themselves, it makes it so they're remembered. And so when we start talking about kingdom legacy today and this standalone message, I want you to write this down. What's our working definition of legacy together today? It's what people remember about you when you're gone. Like, what are people going to say? And I know we teach our kids it's not important what other people say. I'm not talking about that element of it. I'm talking about, like, what will people say of your life? What did you do? What will you be commended on? I had what I didn't think was a privilege at the time, but I'm, I'm grateful uh, that I got to be a part of was um, the funeral services for Oral Roberts, the funeral services for um, Billy Joe Doherty. Um, I, I, I was, at first I was just kind of moved to go, but it was, it was really something that changed a lot of perspective in my life because these were great men of God. They led so many people to Jesus, did so much good quality ministry in people's lives. In fact, Billy Joe's funeral, Kaya wasn't with me. I went with my buddy Mikey, and uh, it was a four-and-a-half-hour funeral. I'm sorry, after three, if you can't say it all in that three hours, we can't say it. We just can't say it. And so, uh, but he was so phenomenal. It, it almost did merit it. And so, like only some people left. But uh, outside of that, like, I got to see this perspective of what people said about a general in the faith, about somebody that really made a difference. And then I thought about my dad. My dad passed away last summer, and I miss him so much. But, you know, he was a great guy in many ways. I, I, I think that he was maybe just more like an average Joe, uh, Joe congregation, if you will, where you might think that he was super spiritual because I'm a pastor, but he was, ask my family, like my sister's laughing. And so he loved God for sure. And he made an impact on our life and the life of other people. And at his funeral, we had people come up to us and say, he was like a father to me. And I'm like, back off, you know, like, but you know, um, but it made me think like that, like, a, like, like good people. It doesn't have to be a general, like one of these big boys. I mean, just a good dad. I mean, you're going to have a service and people are going to say things. And so Jesus actually affirms this concept of having a good name, a good legacy. And so, so that we'll be generous, God actually created us so that when we're generous, it releases endorphins into our body and you get a feeling of well-being. And I just think that that's funny because God did that on purpose. So you won't just take care of you so that you'll actually be rewarded even physically when you're generous with other people. And this time of year, people are generous. You know what I mean? Like, it's so amazing. When I'm on Amazon, that's the most dangerous thing on earth. Anybody else agree? Because you forget. Like, if you're at Target, you've got the whole cart full, and you're like, I can't do this. This is nuts, you know? But on Amazon, it's just onesie, twosies, and it shows up. That shipping's free, for all I know, you know? And so um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, you know, when we get generous with other people, though, it's rewarding. I love bringing a hostess gift or a host gift. I love bringing a gift uh, to a party. I love blessing people. And, and you probably do too, unless you're really stingy, because you're designed to do it. It's in you to do it. Psalm 112, the Bible says this, good. Everybody say good. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. What is God trying to convey? He's trying to say, I'm going to honor how you give, and I'm going to honor how you live. I see it all, and what I want to do is reward that. 
Wow. And so he'll make sure that good comes, even if it's just the, the, on the pheromonal chemical level in your body, but it's, it's also spiritual. But he does that because he wants to see that happen among his children. Secular sociologists have actually affirmed this. They would tell you that one of the highest needs that can be met in a human is the need to leave a legacy. They use the word transcendence. What does that mean? That almost sounds new age. It just means that you doing something in your life that exceeds your lifespan. It, it, it helps people beyond your own lifespan. It transcends your own life. And so sociologists in the world say that you have a need within you to, to make a difference in this world, and, and not, just, not just in your family, and that's important, not just in your church, but beyond the walls of your church, you have a need put in you by God Almighty to make that difference. Say amen, somebody. And so if a legacy is what people will remember, write this down, a kingdom legacy is what God is going to remember when you're gone. Well, that doesn't sound right, Pastor. That's not really how it works, because we'll be in heaven. I want to read it for you. It's in Hebrews. Paul writes this in Hebrews 6. He says, God is not unjust. Can I hear an amen there? He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help him. He's not going to forget when you served on Christmas Eve. He's not going to forget when you bless somebody with a big tip at Russ's, you know. He's not going to forget when you invest in real quality ministry. He sees those things. Now check this. He takes it personally. The love that you've shown him as you've helped his people. So how do you love God? right? You're, you're making a quality investment in his people, and you continue to help him. God takes those things personally, doesn't he? He takes those things personally as though you were doing them directly to him. Wow. Now, with all of that being said, I think that messages like this are so important, because if we don't hear messages from time to time that are outside of a normal series or outside of a topic or, or, or answering questions, if we don't get to something like this, you'll find yourself being pulled towards selfishness. Anybody else in the room besides me notice that there is like almost a gravitational pull towards you being all about yourself? right? All only being focused with what you got going on. I mean, like on 131, everybody's an idiot but you, you know? I mean, that's the best example, you know? And, and so that perspective is huge because we need to realize, hey, those are people in those cars. Yeah. And hard to think of them that way sometimes. It's not very ladylike, but anyway. And we also have to take that perspective just with our everyday life because otherwise you'll get pulled inward. It'll become all about you and your little kingdom, what your kids are getting for Christmas, and get them Christmas gifts. Have a riot. I'm going to bless them. I mean, we're going to have a... Those kids, they think they know how to have fun. Dad knows how to have fun, okay? But, but be a person that's not just all about your stuff. Be all about what God is about. Say amen. So write this down. What we do for ourselves usually just dies with us. But what we do for other people, it lives beyond us. When you make a quality investment in people, that's what God sees as valuable. Now, we're a church that strives to be an amazing church for you. We, we strive to have an excellent service. I was so proud of our, our worship leaders today. I thought they did a great job. Can I hear an amen on that? There was so much good that was happening, and we work hard to create systems for you so that you can be discipled. There's no reason why you'd ever have to come here and be like, well, he's just not going deep, and he's not, I'm not getting fed anymore. A, 
my messages are gold records. And, and B, <laughs> B, we have systems for discipleship. So, so, so that's important. But with that being said, the people at this church believe it, that this church is not just for this church. That church is not just for church people. Church is for people who are far from God. How do we put it, church? We say we're for people who are far from God, right? Like, like to be raised to new life in Christ. We want them to connect with God. And so we need to be people that do that, living beyond ourselves. And I, I can't make this church our primary focus. It has to be people that are outside of these doors. And so what do we do? We organize ourselves and we work hard, harder than you know. And we focus ourselves to take ground in ministry. You'd be amazed. Some people say, well, where's all your staff? There's three of us. There's three. Two get paid. But there's three. And we hustle like crazy people because we are set on this goal. What does God say in Psalm 65? David writes, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways, what do they do? They overflow, don't they, with abundance. I want to talk about that for a second. I've been sharing that passage with you over the course of the last several weeks, but I want to share with you about the hard pathways and, uh, and really God's grace through it all. Two years ago this weekend, we launched a capital campaign called Our Next Move. Our first campaign to get into this building was called It's Your Move, our second one that we launched two years ago, Our Next Move. And the whole focus of it was to be able to make some renovations right here to make an accommodation for the next generation. We have round about 5,000 square feet on the other side of the building that we hadn't been using. And in that particular area, we had a vision from God to start a daycare there. And that daycare was going to produce a lot of things for the ministry and outreach to the community. It was going to be great. Uh, also, with all of that, we wanted to renovate classrooms over there to be, uh, yes, good for daycare, but also transition to be state-of-the-art rooms for our kids on the weekends. We wanted to extend our lobby commons area down to that area. We wanted an outdoor playground. To do all of that, we had to add fire suppression. If you don't know what that is, you are a lucky, lucky person. Because Paul's thorn in his flesh was fire suppression, okay? If you were to look up, you might not be able to see it because of the dry fall paint, but there's a sprinkling system through here. So if there was a fire, the sprinklers would go on to put it out. And, uh, but that area of our building was occupied by adult education at the time that we bought it, and they didn't have to be sprinkled. And still wouldn't if we only used it for that. But to make it for kids, and especially for daycare, we either needed exit doors or this fire suppression. Well, that was a big line item. We also wanted to add a fire alarm system back there tied into this area of the facility. And we also had some dreams of starting a youth ministry, doing more classroom renovations to make it, I mean, audiovisual lights to the top back there for students and for kids. We wanted to have um, upgrades and also be able to do uh, our own curriculum here at the church. We had big vision. That was in, if you do your math, November and the first uh, week of December of 2019. Need I remind you of what was going to happen in three and a half months? We start a capital campaign, and all of a sudden, the sky starts falling, right? We can't get out of our houses. Now, I want to talk about that for just a second. You know, um, when we did our first capital campaign to get into this building, it was miraculous, and I had a word from God on that. I thank God that he gave it to me, because I wouldn't have lasted without that word. He gave it to me out of Isaiah 54, and I'll, I'll spare you, but I had to stand on that word because we only had $10,000 in the bank when we bought this building. Now think about that. And we had, to, 
We had to be able to show this to a lender who could get behind us, show us the vision of the improvements that we were going to make. We worked hard, and God did it miraculously. And so many of you in the room and some that are watching, you helped out to make this building everything it could be. Thank you. And so when this hit, and we started to see the sky fall, so to speak, the shutdowns begin to happen, and, and we were all very concerned at the beginning. We didn't understand what we were getting into. I knew that God still called us to do this. I knew not to be moved by hardship. You don't be moved by your feelings. You be moved by God's word. Can I hear an amen, somebody? And so this vision was, was red hot in me. Now, about the shutdowns, I'm proud of us. I had a scheduled surgery coming up, and we were one of, I think we were the last church to close in Grand Rapids Metro. We were the last. I have some, my brother-in-law's back there confirming it because we checked. Those Baptists quit before us, and I'm happy about it. So we were the last to close, and I had scheduled Pastor Brian and my wife, Erica to preach for two weeks, and then I was going to come up and preach, but the shutdowns happened, so they did two online services, and then when I had recovered just enough to be able to film, it was Palm Sunday. But before I filmed that service, I met with the team, and I said, guys, we can't let this be the first Easter since Jesus rose from the dead where we don't meet together. And so ironically, we had to order a radio transmitter from China. You better bet I was all over that thing with Clorox. But anyway, um, but we, we set up a drive-in church. I didn't even have the Sunday before it to be able to promote it on that service. We had to go as, as loud as we possibly could to let people know, and we packed out our parking lot. If you were here that day, it was magic, and I was proud of us. I was proud of us. In that season, we rocked out the drive-in church. We didn't do it like an event. We had church. When we started to understand more about what was happening, we had two in-person services and one drive-in church, and we did that for the rest of summer up until Labor Day. And we were one of the first to open up our doors, period. Last to close, first to open. That's New Chapel. Now, during all of that, you have to understand, I'm a shepherd. I have to hear from God for what's going on in my sheep's life. And the campaign isn't going to make much sense for the next generation if I don't have a church to take care of. And so we redirected all of our energy. I remember we had people bringing food in here to be able to give to some of the different food banks because nobody thought about what was going to happen to those kids that weren't going to be able to eat. They only get their meals at school. Don't get me on that, my lanta. Anyway, but I remember running food with Pastor Brian out to hand-to-hand and really running groceries to people's houses and talking to people. And we had to completely refocus our efforts on loving our church and getting them through. I remember being on the phone with Mark Heisinger and talking about some of you in the room and you couldn't get your unemployment because there's organized as, anyway. And so I was talking with Mark Heisinger. He's a rep in the area. I said, look, you gotta do something. I'm making personal calls on your behalf to try to get this thing to happen because people need to eat. People need to exist. People need to live. And so our whole focus went from the momentum of this campaign two years ago to making sure that our church was, number one, we're meeting because we're going to obey the scriptures. And I'm never closing my doors again, by the way. Hallelujah. And number two, we're going to get through this thing with flying colors and minister to people. I'm not just going to take care of our flock. We're going we're to get some more people in here. Love on people far from God. That was our heart, and that's what we did. And so many people were furloughed and laid off. What do you think that that does to a capital campaign? Well, I, I tell you. Our next move campaign, the need was $250,000. Now, 
I want you to celebrate this because it is still a huge deal. Here's what came in. $101,876. Give God praise for that. Louder. Come on. Why? While other churches were shutting their doors, we didn't stop. How in the world am I going to hold you to a pledge that you made when you don't have a job? I get it. I understand it. I'm behind you. We're all four people. Why fry people when they can't do something that they're not getting money for? Amen, somebody? It doesn't make sense. Well, then the question comes, how far did we get? This is where God really blessed it. We did the fire suppression. There's a $30,000 bill. Fire alarm, $13,000 bill. Extended the lobby commons. It looks beautiful. Classroom renovations, we did an entry-level classroom renovation. Not everything we want to do, but we did it. Outdoor playground exists. It's a lot of little putsy toys out there. I'm not wild about it. I want to get that real commercial stuff, but to inspect that takes $10,000. But we do have a playground back there. And then last week, exactly two years to the day, we opened Chapel Ridge Daycare to the public. Praise God. We also spent 3000 on architectural uh, charges. Our facility changes were over 25000 To give you an idea for furniture, fixtures, and equipment, one table that we needed cost $500. It's one of those ones you put the little babies in the table in the little chair. You know what I'm talking about. The township fees, they charged us $12,000 in taxes on that space, and then $5,000 in fees. What are the taxes for? Anyway, HR... <laughs> was tens of thousands of dollars in FF&E. Now, here's the deal. So much of our budget, because of that shortfall, our budget went to go do those things in addition to money that came in. We're not going to stop doing what God called us to do because it's hard. Take that to the bank. You, you do that in your life because life will get hard from time to time, won't it? But you don't stop. You do what God told you to do. And so we took ground, and I'm proud of us. To celebrate the last two years, here's the best part. We grew by 32%, baptized 44 people, and 92 people accepted Christ at this church. Hallelujah. We didn't shut our doors. We didn't shut our doors. We reached out to a community, and you know what we found? was more people were receptive to hope than anything else. Not fear-mongering, hope. They heard it. They saw it. Great job, New Chapel. That is a sign of a church that actually cares about a godly legacy, a kingdom legacy shown in their life. And that's important because they're going to talk about you. Someday when you're laying in that box and they're looking over and you know how everybody, I don't know why it is, human nature, we grade how they look. Yeah, they look pretty good. Okay. Oh, this is very good. She looks like she's sleeping. Oh, that's good. You know, I mean, why do we do those type of things? But they're going to be talking about you. If the Lord doesn't come back in your lifetime, they're going to talk about what kind of person you were, what kind of house you led, what kind of church you were a part of, and what ground you took, and what was important to you in the most deep way. That's what's going to be said, and you don't get a vote in it. Isn't that wild? And the truth is this. They're already talking about us. This community has seen us in action before. We have a reputation. Some of you are here today because our reputation precedes us, that we are a little bit rogue, a little bit maverick when it comes to reaching people far from God. As you go, yeah. 
And so, so, so listen, they're already talking. I wonder what they're going to say about us when the dust settles. I want people to say about me, if the Lord doesn't come in my lifetime, that he served God in his generation and went home to be with Jesus, that he did everything he could do to see God's glory in his lifetime. Wow. If Jesus doesn't come back in our lifetime, I wonder, will New Chapel exist long after our lives are gone? Because I know this, marriages are still going to need help. I know that people are still going to face depression. I know that a life without God is, is really hard. I know that teenagers are still going to need direction in a wild world that we live in. I, I, I know that. And the question would be, what will our legacy be at this church? My hope is this. I can't think of anything better, by the way, than to invest in a kingdom legacy to make a difference. I think we need to be part of the generation that sees more people come to Christ in our lifetime than in any time before. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Hallelujah. Oh, and by the way, that's already happening. Did you know that in the last 20 years, more people have accepted Christ than in the previous 2,000 years since the resurrection combined? It's happening worldwide. And in fact, those salvations and church growth that's happening worldwide, it is exceeding population growth in every country of the world except 20. Guess which one of those 20 countries is? You're right. The former church of the United States that, that funded so much of the gospel, now those guys are sending missionaries our way. Think about that. That'll blow your mind, buddy. And so having the daycare open is going to be a huge advantage. We hope in January to move our classrooms from this aisle that's right next to the uh, sanctuary over to that side. It's going to be a great improvement when we do it. We now have the ability to do it. Thank God. But the journey to do all of those things there's still meat on the bone. There's still things that we had vision to do that we would have liked to do. And then there's also this. There's always fresh vision that's coming in that God is giving us here to be able to take ground in the kingdom. And so when we did in the past these capital campaigns, you responded well. But what we'd like to do moving forward is less have capital campaigns and more focus on something called kingdom builders and then a once-a-year offering called Kingdom Legacy. Kingdom Builders, let me explain what that is. Kingdom Builders is going to be a go team, uh, a volunteer team like any other team, like ushers or tech or worship or, or people at guest services or the people teaching your kids right now. It's going to be a go team of people that have the gift of giving. Now, what I've learned about the gift of giving is this. Some people who attend this church or sitting around you today can give thousands of dollars a year. It's amazing. And other people, like me, can give dozens of dollars a year. I mean, just my tithe, just dozens, you know. I'm a, I'm a thousandaire. And so, uh, and so <laughs> that's funnier than you giving me credit. That was a great dad joke. Put that in your pocket. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying. God is not looking at the amount. He's looking at the heart. And some people have the gift of giving, and they really can't give a lot of money, but they have that gift. And so what we're going to do is other churches, they, they do something like this, and there's like a, a minimum gift that they have to give in order to be a part of it. There's no minimum gift. You can just be a part of it. We're going to be rolling this out in the next several months. Um, I'm, I'm going to make it available for a meeting maybe after church. We could talk about it because some of you, with the gift of giving, you want to know what's going on. Not in a controlling way, but you just want, in essence, for the need. I get it. 
and I want to help portray that in the most clear picture I can and allow those with the gift of giving to get behind it. And again, if it's dozens of dollars, praise the Lord. It's the heart of being behind this church. That's kingdom builders. Kingdom legacy is going to be the launching offering that we do every year in December. So in other words, we'll take a kingdom legacy offering in December for 2022. That's why it's 22 up there, not 21. Is, is we want to get all of our vision for 2022. We want to have a great splash at the beginning of it as people with the gift of giving. And this one is an all play. And this one is today. So with this, this whole vision of not having a capital campaign, but having like a, a recurring campaign for ministry, it's going to deal with three areas of ministry. Maybe you want to jot these down. The first one is going to be an area of ministry that deals with people in specific. The second one is places. And the third area we'll talk about is, is a partnership. And, and, and so these three areas, all of the stuff that we want to do, there is more, but I'm going to give you a good essence of it today. It falls under these three headings. And if you want to trek with a little bit more than what I'm even going to convey today, newchapel.com slash kingdom builders is the place to go. Okay, people. Let's start out with people. What does that look like? It is outreach events and initiative. It's benevolence and mercy ministry. It's leadership and development. Here's the idea. We do outreach events. We do trunk or treat. We had an awesome drive into freedom. We've done laundry outreaches where we've bought the little box soap and put our information inviting people to Easter and don't try to clean up your life, you know, see it. I mean, we, we do those things, but there's meat on the bone. There's more that we could do. And so what we want to do is fund that. We have a, a, a beginning of $15,000 vision to do it. Um, I love the fact that, maybe you didn't even know this, we went to the Walker police and every single officer was able to get a gift bag and a red box code there. Why? Because we know that people are casting shade on the police. Why? I have no idea. And those guys have a hard go at it, and then they got to be away from their families. And so we thought, what, what, what's the number one need? Well, they want more family time. Buy them a red box movie. And so we did. Every single police officer at Walker, we bought them a movie and gave them a gift. You know those little plastic popcorn things? We put candies in it and things like that and, and some, some uh, popcorn they can pop at home. We want to do outreaches. What does that do for us in the community? Pennies in the mason jar. You're loving on people and they might directly come. Or we might just have a good name. And the Bible says a good name is better than riches. I want to have a good name in this community. I also want to start something called First Saturday Serve. I'm not going to name who I want to lead it, but it's Eddie Cole. <laughs> That's leadership. Okay, the idea being that 12 times a year, the first Saturday of the month, in the morning, we'd all gather together and do a big impact item with, with a whole bunch of people that are willing to just get dirty and, and, and make an impact. Here's what it looked like. There's a, there's a trailer park over on West River, and I can see they got a lot of big trees there. They always have issues with leaves and things left over. You can also see some rubbish that's there. Let's go there and bomb ourselves there, clean up everybody's yard. Let's, let's rake it. Well, shouldn't they do it? Well, yeah, but we're going to go do it. We're going to be like, hey, Jesus loves you. We're from New Chapel. Have you heard the good news? He's risen. You know, like, I don't know, but, but maybe not that, but like, you know, something relatable. <laughs> but we're going to do a first Saturday serve, and it can be an all play. I think we can all pull off 12 times a year, and if not, maybe eight, right? Like, so, so there's a vision for people. There is more and more coming, I'm sure, but i got to move on to places. So places in 2022 our, our real focus is going to be on students and kids. So a student ministry space, we have currently 
a room that's only used for elementary classroom, and it's used for small groups here and there. I'd like to convert that to be something uh, through infrastructure and furniture, fixtures, and equipment, FF and E. I'd like to be able to convert that into something that during the week, it could be used by youth, and then during the weekend, it could be used by elementary school students. And, you know, we could put uh, pool tables on dollies or have some fold, uh, things that could fold down off from the wall and be able to have a youth lounge for them. Now, some people have been asking about youth ministry. I'm excited about this one. We have not done youth ministry, and it's been on purpose. I was 26 years old when I planted this church, and I'm thinking, like, if you can't receive from me at 26, you're not going to listen to anybody. Like, I was young. And I think that still is at play. I think that our teenagers love our church. I really do. I feel that. But I want you to have something in your own context, and I want to be able to reach teenagers that are outside of this place, too. And so what we're going to be doing is this spring, we're going to be having some vision meetings, some visioneering meetings, where we're going to be talking about what would it look like if, and dream a little bit about the youth ministry we want to build. Now, I can tell you some definite things. We're going to be having a first Wednesday service for students starting in September. September, October, November, and December, a once a month youth service in this room and using a lounge over there to have some cool uh, lounge space and game room type things. We are going to be having a student service once a month. What are they going to be doing the other days? We're going to have something called a campus club. It's a small group where basically what you do is, if this group is from Granville High School, we're going to go on that same night of the week, but on the second, third, fourth, or fifth uh, Wednesday, we're going to go be there and have a small group where they already are. I think that's very valuable. So think about Cedar Springs, Rockford, Sparta, Granville, and everything in between. And we're not going to be able to hit all of them as we first start, so what we're going to do is have a metro group that meets here. So in other words, all the schools we aren't reaching, you could come to the church, and we're going to have a small group here at the church. We believe in small groups, that real life change is going to be played out in the context of a group. Can I hear an amen, somebody? And so are you excited about finally having a student ministry at New Chapel? I'm, I'm jazzed. I think it's going to be great. Now, that student ministry is going to be phenomenal. We're believing God for $20,000 for that. Our new kids' classroom upgrade, so we got in there. We got a foot in there. It really could use some good surfacing, okay, paint and, uh, and different things like that. But also, in addition, they need TVs back there. They need computers back there to be able to run all that. They need a small sound system in some of the rooms. Others don't need it. And we have quantified some of these things, but we're thinking uh, with the list that we have, right around 25000 and we can take our kids' classrooms through the roof. We have them. We, we bit that off. Praise the Lord that we're in. Now we want to change those and make them everything they can be. So that is places. Number three is partnerships. This is missions partners, both local, national, and global, as well as church planting. Now, if you've been around New Chapel for any amount of time, you're going to know I'm pretty hard on missions and missionaries because I went to school with a lot of people that essentially wanted to go live their American lifestyle in a third world country and lord over some people. I didn't like it. I felt like I was a missionary with the best of them, with Kai and I coming to Grand Rapids and planting this church. I am a missionary, starting a new work. This didn't exist. I didn't, Apostle Paul says I could never build on another man's foundation. Look at me. I can't do it. I had to plant this church. God called me to do it. And so understand that when we start talking about missions, we want to make sure that we're doing it the right way. Now, 10 cents out of every dollar that's ever come into this church has gone out for a tithe. 
at least 10%. Some years we've done 15 and edged on 20,000 if you start, uh, or 20% when you incorporate all of the different outreach that we did. It's, it's amazing how much this church gives away for free. You ever been to a Mother's Day here? Mylanta. And so, like, we get, here's your garden. Here's your victory garden to take home. You're like, oh. And so, here's the idea. Pastor Eric is my father-in-law, and you say, well, that's nepotism. Sure, but he's the real deal. He went to Pakistan when it wasn't safe. He went to, I mean, I don't want to go there. I don't care if they had a four-point Sheridan. I don't want to go. I don't want it, you know? Do you? You do. Sign up at the front. He'll take you. My Lanta. I mean, they're carrying with a rickshaw down the road. It's like, hello, come on, Barney Rubble. And so... He goes to Pakistan for a month, and when he leaves, had already started a school. Gets back, you started your second school already. Third one? In December, the third one's going to open. How many students? How much altogether, do you suppose? Yeah. 125, I think, was the number you gave me. Somewhere around there. 125 kids. Now, where are the schools located? Right smack dab in the middle of a Muslim neighborhood. He's planting a church there. That's going to open in short order, isn't it? When the facility gets done? Christmas service, he's going to be streaming through through Zoom. This is why it's electric that we're alive at the time that we are, that we don't even have to get in there all the time. Sometimes you can just Zoom in. Now, he's going back. Lord will and the creek don't rise. Wants to go back in February, but they might not let him in because he's becoming a very popular fellow in Pakistan, you see. But planting a church, three schools. I don't know if you ever saw the pictures of the Crusades, but there's faces as far as the light goes. You can't, you, you can't look at that and say it's a bad investment. And here's what's the kicker. You look at this and you say, $50,000, Bevelock was trying to pay his own dad. Listen to me. He won't take a salary. 100% out of every dime that went into that ministry is going directly to the ministry. He won't pay himself as of yet, and we might change that. Guys, it's not nepotism. Here's what it is, a good kingdom investment. Yeah. I want this church to get behind him. We've been supporting him out of missions. I want to take that to a crazy level because you know what? Jesus is coming back. We need to make fast work of this thing. I'm believing God for $50,000. And from the very start of this church, we've supported church planting through the ark, and we're believing God for $15,000 to go to them. There are other missionaries we support. Go to newchapel.com missions for more uh, information on how we support those guys. That is people, that is places, and that is partnerships. And that probably sounds, if you're adding any of that up, like a lot of money. In fact, it's more than what we raised in the last two years. But it's the tip of the iceberg on where God's called us. We've got some ground to take. We're going to do it together. Write it down. When all of us do just a little, that together we can do a lot. You don't need to feel the pressure of all this on your shoulders you don't need to feel the weight of it all on you. You know what you can feel like? I'm part of a church that together we're going to make a kingdom impact. We're, we're going to go take some ground for Jesus together. You don't have to feel the weight of it all on you. Say amen, somebody. Why do any of that? Because righteous people are going to be remembered. There's a legacy that we're leaving from people and from God to your kids. They will remember the decisions you make in this room today. Three thoughts I want to give us on that, and then I want to pray for us and give us that opportunity to give today. Legacy people see beyond their problems. 
and even stuff, write it down, number one, legacy people have an eternal mindset. They're not just thinking about the here and now. They're, they're not just looking at their hand past their nose. That's as far as I can see. They, they have an eternal mindset about where they're going. They live how Jesus described in John 4. I tell you, open your eyes, New Chapel. Look at the fields. They're ripe. People are ripe for harvest. They're ready to do this. There is a loud, loud, loud minority that wants to make you think that Christianity's gone out of vogue. It's still the most freeing thing in the world, buddy. Jesus still changes lives. And the world is far more open to our gospel than the, what the media would like you to think. Can I hear an amen? But you're going to have to discipline yourself. Not to look at everything going on in the periphery, all the stuff that concerns us. And I get it. We got to live our life, right? I, I'm getting my Christmas presents together for the kids and Kaya and everybody. And I've got things that I'm doing in the here and now, but I'm not fixing my eyes on the things of here and now. What do we do? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We don't look at all the troubles. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things which cannot be seen. Wow. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. It's the eternal stuff, gang. It's the eternity stuff. The Bible says to make friends with unrighteous mammon, that when you go to heaven, you'll be greeted by true riches. I scratched my head when I heard Jesus say that parable in the Bible. Anybody else be like, what is unrighteous mammon? I mean, it sounds like an 80s punk band. I don't know, like <laughs> 80s band. <laughs> and then true riches, my God's got gold for asphalt. What do I need money for? I'll go out and make my own pothole. We'll, we'll figure out how to eat. You know, like I'm from Nuego. <laughs> like we're solving this, you know? Why, why, why do I need true riches? Do you know what it's saying? Take the world's money. You got to use it to live. Make friends with it. In other words, convert it into internal impact, reaching people for Jesus. And God is keeping a record of all of this. And here's what he does. He knows what it did. He knows that when you gave that little bit of money, it helped support a missionary to Pakistan, which made it so a little boy got saved and he was given a new chapel shirt and joined the school, learned English, learned the Bible, and when you get to heaven, guess who's going to greet you when you get there? What's his name? Little boy. You call him a nickname because you can't even say the name. What is it? What's the, you call one of them little Joe. Because you're solving problems is what he's doing. <laughs> Alchemist is, yeah. But little Joe's going to be there. Alchemist, little boy. We call him New Chapel. Call a little boy in Pakistan. Woke up today. His buddies start calling him New Chapel since you did it because he couldn't say his name. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine getting greeted in heaven by a kid with a New Chapel shirt? Can you imagine getting greeted up there and some little kid who I may never see in this lifetime, in this flesh, and he comes up to me, what's your name, son? I go by little Joe. And that kind of screw you up a little bit, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. And so what we have to realize is that everything we do matters. It makes a difference, and we have to focus on greater things. The goal isn't to live on earth 
as we know it forever, but to leave something behind that does a legacy in a word. Number two, legacy people understand sacrifice. I've learned that people really don't make a difference in any area unless they make a sacrifice. The best CEOs don't make a difference until they make a sacrifice. It's the sacrifice that really is the currency of making a difference. And I've asked the team before, you know, can we, can we save some money over here so we can put it in a different area? I was hanging up after hours, by the way, uh, an awesome 7x7 seven seven elk mount back in my office. And that was a whole epic in itself. But Pastor Brian and I were kind of moving the lights around there. And, and he said, do you remember one time I asked you, I, we needed more lights inside the sanctuary? Do you remember what you told me? I said, I sure do. Tell me what I told you. And he said, we ain't buying lights. <laughs> it was modest at the church at that time. It was very modest. And I had them take lights out of my office and out of another space and put them in this room because we couldn't afford new light bulbs. You didn't know exactly. Can we do more for less so we can get the ministry done? Can we do this in an excellent way? If we do this efficiently, we're going to have more time. Come on, Steve, you know what I'm talking about? You sign your emails that way. You know, like, can we do this right? If we do it right, we're going to be able to have more of an impact. If we do this in, in a more frugal way, are you thinking about that with your life? And I'm not trying to give you a less than mentality. Go all out for Christmas. Go bananas, right? But are you, are you thinking about the kingdom of God? Write it down. Legacy people understand sacrifice. They choose to do less for themselves so that they can do more for others. You know, I would venture to guess the people that really affected your life lived that way. Maybe you had a granny or you had a relative or a friend, and they went with less so they could bless you. Do you see it? Do you see it? And so, so Jesus echoes this in Matthew 6. He says, don't heap it all up on earth. Don't, don't store for yourself treasures on earth. Store up those treasures in heaven. It's the eternal. It's the eternal that matters. So write this down. Success is not shown by what you have. It's shown by what you're willing to give up. Number three, I'm going to go very quick. Legacy people sense an urgency. They feel it. Anybody else just feel like Jesus is coming back. Come on. Like I'm at first it was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. And now it's like, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's get people saved. Let's tell them how good God is. I bet you anything we could get that guy. Let's go invite that. Like I feel that urgency and that pull to make a difference like I never have in my ministry before. I came alive in the shutdown. I don't know about you. I had great days in the shutdown. It was a tragedy. Awful things happen, but here's what happened. I got to see the miracle of a resurrection of a church. And I got to see God take us from just you're coming to church to God creating a people. Oh man, buddy, I'm telling you, why do I come alive when things are hard, Kai? I have no idea, but like, I'm ready. Let's take the hill. It's our time. Come on, I'm preaching way better than y'all are even letting on. Let's take the hill, somebody. <laughs> That urgency is a big deal because people are often waiting. Christians are sitting in churches all around the city today waiting for something to happen. Well, I'm just waiting on a move of God. Well, maybe God's waiting on a move of man. And maybe if you got up and made a difference, we could take some ground together. Some people are living on Someday Isle. It's an island out there in the middle of Hess Lake. <laughs> someday I'll get around. To, someday I'm, I'm, I'm really going to go down there. I'm going to feed soup to those kids. Some, someday I'll and we put off, we delegate to the future the calling of God that he has on our life today. We can't do it. Write it down. Legacy people sense urgency. They make the most of every day. 
It's not someday, it's today. I mean, today I'm going to give a big fat tip at Logan's to that waitress. Thank God she's willing to work where so many aren't. I'm going to go there, and even if they mess up my taters, or, or, or the, all those buns don't come out as soon as I'd like to put them down my gullet, I'm going to be nice to her. I'm going to pull the meat off my face, and I'm going to give one of those little Christmas. Today, I'm going to encourage somebody. Today, I'm going to call somebody up. Today, I'm going to make a difference. Listen to me, young people. Don't delegate to your future the ability to make a difference. You can make a difference today. Don't let old Christians that are stuck in their religion hold you back. You can make a difference as a young person. Be ye not despised for your youth, but be an example to all the believers. You can do it. Say amen, somebody. You hear how quiet the old people are? I'm talking to you, son. Legacy people are careful with how they spend their time, careful how they spend their life. That's what it says in Ephesians 5. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as the wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days, buddy, they are passing by. How is it almost Christmas? We just started this year. Where the leaves go, you know? Like your life is going by fast. You got to make the most of it. Make the most of every, every moment that you have. Pastor Joe, you're being kind of forceful. I don't know how much time I have left, and neither do you. Tomorrow's promise to no man. And if we believe honestly that Jesus is coming back for his church free of spot, wrinkle, or blemish, we need to rise up and do something in this community. Say amen, somebody. I'll tell you what, I've never seen a U-Haul on the back of a hearse. Whew. What if today... What if you could even know it, that today was your last day? What would you do today? Who would you call? Who would you call up and really they did the wrong to you, but you'd call them up and be like, I don't even care. Let's just be done with it because I love you. I'm sorry for whatever that was. I'm not even going to go into the specifics, but whatever that was was wrong, and I love you. Who would you call and beg for forgiveness? Who, who would you call? Who would you want to go hug right now if you knew this was it? I've thought about this before. Wouldn't it be so cool to die broke, you know? I mean, not, not because you didn't make anything in life, right? Like, but, but what if you were able to like, budget out your time and resources to such a spot where when you left this earth, you were able to make maximum impact for people? Wow. And so I just wonder if you could think of it in that perspective today. What if today was your last day? What difference would you want to make? Who would you call? Who would you encourage? What would you give? How would you lift somebody up? Write it down. I hope this is your heart today. I hope this is your legacy. I will live today as if it's the day. But all of it, all of my reputation, yeah, today would be the day that I'd be remembered by. All of it. You can do that. God put that in you to do it. Well, if Jesus is coming back, who really cares? Look, you got a plan like Jesus isn't coming back for 100 years and live like he's coming back later this afternoon. You know what I'm talking about, somebody? And together, if we come together as a church, if we take this seriously, we'll take ground in this kingdom like we never had before. We will see the glory of God when we have a kingdom legacy with our name on it and make our Jesus proud. Can I hear an amen, church? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this holy moment. And it is. God, I thank you for touching people's hearts today. Lord, I'm grateful for those people that came in here from the outside because what they got to hear is the heart of a church that cares, that gives a rip about their community, about a God that loves them unconditionally. God, if there's anybody in the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, help me to find them. In 
Jesus' name. Heads bowed and eyes closed just for another second. If you're not right with God for whatever reason, I want to give you an opportunity to experience that peace. Jesus actually bridged that gap. Jesus is God's only son. The Bible says if you call him Lord, you'll be saved. What does that even mean? Lord means boss. It means that you're not such a good God over your own life, but God that sits on high. Jesus, he can take it all. When you give up control, even for those of you in the room that are control heads, God comes through. He makes all things new. You avoid a Christless hell, but that new life you're looking for can start today, the moment you say this prayer. Church, I want to pray this with those who are praying it for the first time and those that are praying it, maybe rededicating today. Let's all pray this out loud. Pray it with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross in my place for my sins so I can be forgiven. You raised him from the dead. This I believe. So with my heart and with these words, I confess. Jesus Christ is my Lord. I surrender now. Jesus, I call on you. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Put your spirit in me. I receive all that you have for me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, give it up for those people that accepted Christ in here. Praise God. Now, I want to let you know, I'm not going to call you down to the front and embarrass you. There's public things that we do like baptism, but this was a moment between you and God, and I get that. But I want you to let somebody know, and I'd like you to fill out one of those connection cards that we talked about earlier. Let us know about the decision that you made. I don't want you to wake up Monday morning being like, what did I get myself into? I want to send you that note talking about next steps. God wants you to get baptized, plugged into a local church. He, he has great things for you the least of which is to fill out that card. And if you came with somebody today and you think they might have prayed, talk to them. Don't be embarrassed about it. You're in the right place. We signed up for this today. Amen, somebody? Hey, one more time, let's give it up to those people that accepted Christ. Great job. I just want to talk to us about a couple of announcements before we dismiss. Uh, this Friday is the 17th, and we are having our uh, outreach, our follow-up to the outreach uh, this Friday. Uh, this Friday. So if you didn't know, your church family, about 45 of us, a little under 45, we went and packed Christmas gifts together. And we did this for around about 200 and I think it was 212 or 222 families. So we were there packing these boxes and uh, these little bags are going to be received by kids that live in, in, in uh, trailer parks and apartment complexes right off from Alpine, right next to the church. Um, we packed them this Saturday, but this coming Friday, the 17th, we're going to be distributing all of those. And if you'd like to sign up for that, it would mean the world to me. We had 40 people, the more the merrier. Santa Claus is going to be there. We're going to have cookies and cocoa and give these gifts out and present the gospel message to these kids, maybe for the first time. We're all assuming everybody's heard of Jesus. And a lot of these kids have heard of Jesus from Family Guy. Okay, so like we got some ground to make up, amen? And so we're gonna present the gospel to them this Friday. We want a lot of people to come in and not just to give them a handout. You know New Chapel, we don't give a handout, we give a hand up. And so I want people in our church to make relationship with families, learn their names, invite them out for coffee, get into their world. Let's not just do a parachute evangelism, amen? Also, I wanna let you know about our Go Team Christmas party. It's gonna be this 
Wednesday. So, hey, go teamers, if you're serving on any one of our teams, look for that planning center email. Be sure to be here. Uh, we're going to have a full spread. Kai and I are going to be cooking the Bevilacqua family spaghetti dinner, and we'll have some fettuccine, and we'll have different sauces and meatballs. It's going to be a riot, carb fest to the max, but I will pray over it so all the calories go away in Jesus' name. We're going to have a build-your-own cheesecake bar, and then we have Christmas gifts for all of you. I don't want to tell you what it is. It's a t-shirt, but it's going to be amazing. And, and it's just in your size. And so there's other surprises and giveaways. We just want to celebrate you and put on something for you. So it's not something we're asking you to serve at. We want to come and serve you. Please let us do that on Wednesday. More information on that is going to be on social media and at guest services. And then finally, as you leave today, they're going to be giving you the four ways to give back card and some invitations for Christmas. Grab them. Grab gobs of them. Invite people. Next week is going to be our last Sunday service of the year. Can you believe it? I'm excited about that service. I've got some uh, tricks up my sleeve for it. God put a hot word in my heart. I can't wait to share with you next week on Sunday. And then we go into the 24th, Friday the 24th for Christmas Eve. No church service on the 26th. Don't forget, otherwise you're preaching. And if we have tribute, you can raise your hand and we'll make you preach the message. I, was that a hand or a itching? I don't know. Okay. Stand up on your feet, church. Did you get anything out of today? I hope that you heard a church that's passionately in love with Jesus and wants to see people far from God in love with Jesus like us. Kai, why don't you come up here? Let's pray for the people. Y'all give it up for my bride. Yeah. We love you guys. I can't wait for next Sunday, last Sunday of the year. I can't believe it. Can't wait to end this thing out strong. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. The Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And as you go, as you go, have a great week. We hope that you were encouraged and brought closer to God during this message. You can listen to any of our past messages and series either on this podcast or on newchapel.com slash watch. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel.